0: From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. Now make sure you say my name right. It's LaTown. See, I talk about the things other people are scared to talk about, what they're afraid to say. When I walk into the building, you know what they whisper to each other? (laughs) Be careful. Now you tell me, you want those pretty lies, or you ready for the ugly truth? Let's get it. This is Robert Littell from BlackSportsOnline.com and you're listening to the Ugly Truth Podcast where I don't tell you those pretty lies. I tell you the ugly truth about what's going on in the world of sports, entertainment, and viral news. Feeling good. No longer sick. I'm supposed to be at the gym right now, but we got some things that we have to talk about. And, you know, it's already midweek and people have already been asking me, you know, Rob, where's the podcast? So got to get something up uh, for you. Before I hit the gym, a little bit over my target, weight got to get down a bit, you know, swimsuit season and all <laughs> coming up. I give a little, I get a little before I start, I you a little gym tip. You know, if, you, if, if you're not trying to look like Bobby Lashley, if you're just, you know, trying to, you know, lose a couple of pounds, you don't have to do anything crazy. You don't need any crazy diets. You don't need to, a personal trainer. You don't need to do Pilates, all of that stuff. It's real simple what you got to do. Real, real simple. All you have to do is do cardio every day. Some form of cardio. Elliptical, treadmill, jogging, you know, shadow boxing. Do some sort of cardio every day, you know, at least five out of the seven days of the week. If you could do seven out of seven, do that. You don't have to do it for 30 hours. It could be 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, whatever you're comfortable with, comfortable with. Just do some cardio. Then, all you gotta do is cut out a couple of things out of your diet. For example, the thing that I cut off that's real easy is soda. Soda has a lot of calories, a lot of sugar uh, in it. You cut, you cut soda out, maybe cut fast food out for a while. And if you do that along with the cardio, your body will start burning off the, the fat really quickly. It doesn't mean that you don't have to eat, just try to eat like. Real food, like you know, I'm not saying fast food's not real food, but you know, if you can eat, you know, like chicken breast, or go to Subway, get you like you know a sandwich, and don't like put everything, you know, on it. You know, eat a turkey sandwich, eat some cereal, you know, eat you know spaghetti, you know, stuff that you know is regular food, but it's not like a number, you know, a a Big Mac and fries. If you do that. I swear if you need to lose 10 pounds, 15 pounds, 20 pounds uh, to get where you want to, you know, be, uh, you can do it. You know, it won't happen overnight because there's no such thing as an overnight, uh, you know, diet. Don't believe those. But, you know, in two, three, four weeks, month, month and a half, you know, you'll lose what you need to lose to do whatever you got to do. If you're going on vacation or just trying to look good for the, the summer, And then when you get to your target weight, just try to limit uh, some of your cheat days. So, you know, if you want to go back on the soda, or go back on the fast food, you know, don't do it five days out the week, you know, maybe do it one or t- once or twice. If you're drinking a lot of liquor and beer, cut back a little bit on that. So it's all about portions, it's not about starving yourself or any fancy diets or anything. Trust me. Uh, I know this, uh, as someone that had at one point was really, really husky, uh, and lost about, you know, 50 pounds. Now, granted, I don't gain back about 20 out of 50, but, you know, not, you know we, we if you look at the net gain, it's net gains, not, not bad. So let's get into uh, the truth. I start with the truth about the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James because, honestly, it's a couple of things that you need to know. First off, anything that has to do with LeBron and then anything that has to do with the Lakers, you know, those are two... Uh, names that is always going to elicit a lot of reaction. Just uh, just think about how many Lakers, LeBron-related stories you've heard just this year, 2019, as opposed to Milwaukee Bucks stories. (laughs) Just think about it. How many stories have you really read about the Milwaukee Bucks? Just tell me. And if you don't live in Milwaukee and you tell me that you've read more than five stories about the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm going to believe that you're lying. So first off, we have to understand that, you know, this is what media wants. So anything that's happening, they're going to heighten it like 20 times, like having a Drake debate or something or a Kanye debate. Everything is heightened, you know, 20 times when it has to do with the Lakers and LeBron. Now, the Lakers were playing well at one point in the season. I think they got all the way up to the fourth seed. Uh, But the one thing that you can never predict is injuries and how injuries can derail a season. And for the Lakers to be successful, LeBron needed to be healthy the entire year. And frankly, most of their young core needed to be healthy the entire year. And that just hasn't been the case. Uh, Josh Hart, LeBron, um, as you know, uh, Lonzo, which, you know, their has really went to trash since Lonzo, you know, went out. So a combination of all of that, has led to where they're at right now. And then, you you know, you take in that everybody's getting traded. Uh, you know, Luke Walden is probably not as respected, you know, as he would like to be. So it's a combination of things. Magic, always, you know, talking. And then, you know, the pressure of, you know, just being in L.A. So it's a combination of all of those things. Now, of course, people are going to say that it's, uh, you know, LeBron's leadership and blah, blah, blah. That's not necessarily true. It's just LeBron has kind of always had these issues with his teams. It's just they have been in the East. So they've been able to coast maybe a little bit more. There's no coasting um, in the West. You know, every, you know, almost every team besides the Suns can give you a hard, you know, time. And they've struggled a little bit with the Suns. So that's really all it is. It's not more than what people are making it out to be. It's really not. It's not. Le- LeBron hasn't changed. Um, His situation changed, but LeBron himself, it's no different than LeBron with the Cavs, LeBron with the Heat, uh, young LeBron with the Cavs. He's still the same LeBron. There's just a different cast of characters in a different, you know, situation. And, you know, he just can't get away with it as much as he did when he was in the east and he's he was hurt longer than he's ever been you know hurt before um and you know the you know the, the that's funny because the trade thing is you know, almost every year around the trade deadline lebron is complaining and maybe wanting some help and trying to get his teams to do something almost every year it's just that you know in the east it was just a little bit you know easy. And maybe he had a little bit more mature team that handled it. But honestly, I don't even think that's it. Because if you look at, if you really dig deep and look at the play of some of the core young players, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma to be specific, they're playing out of their mind. They're playing very well. It's, you know, everybody else. And that starts with Magic Johnson bringing in, you know, certain players that didn't really fit well with what LeBron has always had around. They should have brought in guys that can shoot, that were good at you know, you know, defense, standstill shooters. You know, not freestylers. He brought a bunch of freestyle guys, and it, it hasn't worked with the the guys. Now, granted, the other thing people need to understand is that. What I was told from the beginning is LeBron looked at this year as a throwaway year, unless you know they got a big you know second name. Now that doesn't mean that he didn't want to make the playoffs, because of course he did. Uh, but I think his aspirations—that was about the high end of his aspirations—was that they made the playoffs, and uh, there was no championship aspirations. And frankly. I think if you hook LeBron James up to a lie detector test, I think, yeah, he would be a, a little upset if they didn't make the playoffs. He's had a, a stretch, a good, uh, you know, consecutive season going to the playoffs. But I also don't think he would be overly uh, upset about having some free time in the summer to spend with his kids and do his various projects and, and film Space Jam 2 and all of that stuff do things with two chains or whatever he wants to do, you know, live life in LA as a superstar. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he would be torn up about it. I don't think he's going to be like, you know, I think he's going to do his work. Obviously he's going to try to get better. He's, he's still one of the best players in the NBA, but I don't think he's going to be obsessing over the fact that they, you know, didn't go to the playoffs. If they don't make it. That's just the truth. That's the truth of the matter. And I think LeBron saw this as a, a long-term plan in the sense that I think he believes that they're going to get somebody next year, uh, clear out some of the people that he don't want, get the coach in that he does want, and then they're really going to you know make their push next year. And i tell you why I heard at least that he believes that it's true. He believes that this is what I heard. So I don't want to say it's the truth. I was to put this under the rumor category. But it's what I heard. That, you know, there's a, you know, the, the players know. Right, let, me, let me first say that. They know where other players are leaning and going. And let's just say there's a lot of chatter that KD's out of there. Especially if they win the championship. I talked about that before. Uh, there's chatter that Kyrie's not happy he's out of there. And even if those two don't go to the Lakers, they can easily probably go east to a team, be it the Knicks or someone else. That's the case that obviously puts a dent in the Warriors, you know, because DeMarcus Cousins is going to leave. And, you know, they still probably have their core of of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. uh, But, they won't have their security blank, blanket in Kevin Durant. So now, if you do that, the West is wide open. If you put an Anthony Davis, you put a Kawhi Leonard, you put a Kyrie Irving uh, on the Lakers, and they're right there in the mix with the Warriors and the Nuggets and the Rockets and the Oklahoma City. It's it's kind of a mesh, and I think that's what he's looking forward to. Now, if KD doesn't leave, that you know, it's a whole different other ball of wax. But I'm just telling you what I'm hearing right now. KD has East, LeBron gets his, you know, Robin, you know, Lakers shuffle, so things clear out all the contracts, keep who they feel like they should keep in the young core. And honestly, if it's something where they can keep the young core and bring in a free agent, then, you know, I think they'd have a lot better chances. So that's the truth. And, and finally, the other truth about it is it's very disheartening, but not surprising to me, to see some in media have such joy in LeBron failing. LeBron, you can criticize LeBron, just like you criticize anybody else. What want to criticize poor defense or maybe how he handled Anthony Davis situation. Things of that nature. And you can do that without sounding like LeBron slept with your wife or your girlfriend or your fiance. Some of these guys sound real Republican, (laughs) okay? They sound real MAGA with some of their takes. And I'm not exactly sure what LeBron did to them. Sometimes uh, a black athlete that goes beyond being an athlete rubs white people the wrong way. Because deep down, maybe not deep down, sometimes right on the surface level, uh, there's a jealousy and an envy and a hate for black men succeeding and being better than them. And it comes out in these kind of coded languages. So watch out for that because I've been seeing that here and there. And I'm not talking about just your standard like Skip Bayless using LeBron for ratings and then get a $6 million contract. I'm talking about guys that really, really seem to dislike him for things that have nothing to do with basketball. That's some deep MAGA stuff that you need to pay attention to. And while I was not a fan of how Rich Paul handled the Anthony Davis situation, I thought maybe he could have handled it in a better way that could have actually got him to the Lakers this year. I do see that he is maybe the same thing with LeBron, you know, young guy, making moves, got the ear of a lot of these athletes. And that shaking up of the status quo really bothers white people who are trying to keep their power. So I'm real careful, and I talked about the Whitlocking before when we talked about Jesse Smollett. Real careful at how I talk about Rich Paul Because even if I disagree with some of the methods, the fact that this is a young black man in power, powerful, making moves, you know, I don't want to go, I never want to go too hard at him because if that was a white guy that was doing it, a lot of white people would be saying how brilliant it is taking control of the situation. So just really, you know, keep those things in mind as you watch what's happening uh, with LeBron going forward, now some quick thoughts about R. Kelly. Uh, I feel like we've talked about R. Kelly a lot, but this is this is a little different um, because of what happened with his bail. He needed hundred thousand dollars to get out of bed, get out of jail. Uh, a woman, uh, Miss Love, I know, uh, came up with the money for him. Um, She's a business owner in Chicago, owns a daycare, a Christian daycare at that, as well as owning a restaurant. When I she said, you know, he's not a monster. He's always been nice to her. He deserves his time in court. He says that he's innocent, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Come to find out she's an R. Kelly super fan. Met him on a cruise, worked into his inner circle, and used money from a uh, um, a death settlement uh, against the hospital because of uh, her daughter that that died. So apparently, she got around a little over a million dollars for that, and she used some of that money to bail uh, R. Kelly out. Not surprisingly. Um, People did not respond well to that. And I was talking to a guy on Twitter, and he was saying something to the effect that the streets don't match up with social media at times. And we were talking about that in the sense that when R. Kelly got out of jail, there's a lot of people said free R. Kelly, et cetera, et cetera. He got a lot of fans out there. He went to McDonald's. People are taking pictures, playing his music and dancing on cars outside of the McDonald's. Obviously, he has this woman that he just met putting up a quarter of a million dollars that she got from the death of her child. She runs a daycare and she's, you know, helping get out an accused pedophile. And people talk about how, you know, the boondocks predicted all this and there's a lot of arguing back and forth as far as black people supporting the wrong people. Um that, that part I, I do want to speak on because you know, white people support bad people too. So that's not race specific. You see who the president is, right? And you see the actual Republicans knowing who the president is, knowing that he a sleaze bag, defend them on a daily basis. So this is not well, black people, you know, the black community always support, you know, such you know, bad black people, et cetera. And that's, you know, R. Kelly is a musician and a horrible person. He's not president, though. So there are some levels, you know, to this. You know, it's, it's R. Kelly, once again, a horrible person, but he's not making legislation or the laws. Or determine if we're going to war or not. Those people are. So let's just make sure we, you know, let's not just throw that on black people. But I always felt that I always felt that there was this disconnect between social media and real life, because while social media is very powerful in a lot of different ways, and probably if not for social media. R. Kelly would have never been brought to justice. So social media can be very powerful, it's got people out to paint, problematic people out to paint, It's obviously given opportunities and careers to a lot of people, myself included. It's very powerful, but the way interaction is online is totally different than not online. The way people talk, the way people interact, the jokes that they tell, the way they talk to women, the way they talk to men, uh, the way they handle themselves, the way they present themselves on social media, a lot of times don't, doesn't match up to what's happening in real life. Like I assume, because I see it, there's a lot of racist people in this country. But when I go to Target, I'm sure they're there. But, you know, you can't ID them because they're not hiding behind your computer and not going to scream out MAGA while you're, you know, looking at laundry detergent. Not some do, and that's we have videos of those now, but you get what I'm saying. My point is I'm not surprised by R. Kelly still having fans because it's almost the opposite. On social media, a lot of times, you don't say things or you don't express things that go against the mob. And I'm not saying the mob is a bad mob or a good mob. Sometimes it's either, but you just, you just don't say things. And let me give you an example of, of what, what I'm saying. I'll give you an example of something that I saw on social media that if that I'll talk to my you know, people in real life about, but I wouldn't say it on social media. There was a tweet from a, uh, a, a transgender woman. You know, transgender is somebody that's you know, born a man but wants to be identified as a woman. I have no issues with that. Do whatever you want to do. It's your life. You want to be identified as a woman, I'll call you a woman. I have no issues with that at all. You know, it's just like a name. Like, you know, if you a cashless claim, you want to be called Muhammad Ali. Okay, Muhammad Ali. It's your life. You can do whatever you want to do with. It. I have no problems with that. Now, the tweet in question uh, said the following. Let, let me. I want to. I want to. I want to read it just so I can make sure I'm not misquoting it. It says, I don't forget, this is a transgender person born a man. Wants to be ID'd as a woman. We, I would say, we as most people don't care, and that's fine. We respect that, right? The tweet says straight people are doing the most. All these gender reveals are so transphobic. Learn how to embrace the gift of bringing a human into this world who is going to grow up to tell you exactly who they are and why they came here. Let's go off. Let's let's go of those. Let go of those selfish dreams of your children. Now, listen, listen to me very closely here. Once again, no problem with transgender. But if I have a child, and the child is a boy, it doesn't make me transphobic to say, That's my boy. I love my boy. I'm having a boy. There's nothing transphobic about that. That's just, and it doesn't matter if it's a girl, that's my girl. That's daddy's little princess. That's my little darling. That's daddy's little girl. There's there's nothing at all that's transphobic about that. It's a parent being happy to be having a kid, boy or girl. Now, in X amount of years, if that boy or girl decides they want to be gay, or transgender, or whatever, that's a totally different conversation down the road. They don't know when they're in the mom's belly. Okay? <laughs> they don't know that. In the mom's belly. In the mom's belly, they're either a boy or a girl. It, it's it's in revealing that to people and not trying to force them into anything. Just saying, hey, I'm having a boy. I'm super happy about that. I'm having a girl. I'm super ecstatic about that. There's nothing remotely transphobic about that that's an ignorant tweet it's a stupid tweet it's a dumb tweet and I would tell anybody that in real life if we were sitting at a coffee table and reading a tweet but you can't say that on Twitter you see what I'm saying you can't say it on Twitter because if you say it on Twitter then all of a sudden because of the way Twitter works social media works You are all of a sudden transphobic or homophobic or you're attacking genders or you're toxic masculinity. That's that's the do. It's toxic masculinity because you're excited to have a boy or a girl with a gender reveal with some blue or pink balloons. I mean, this is not like I mean, it's blue or pink. It's something fun that you do with your friends or your family or your girl. It's not, it's, it's not trans but you can't say it. On, you can't do it because if you say anything against the gay person, transgender person, any, you gotta be careful with, with how you even say anything, it can be turned against you. and next You know, the mob comes. So, I say that in that sense to say that I think a lot of people obviously agree with the fact that R. Kelly should probably be in jail for a very long time. But there are people that don't believe that, but aren't going to say it on social media because it's, a, it's an opinion that's not in line with everybody else's opinion. But that won't stop them from, in real life, saying, yeah, you know, I don't have a problem with it. I hope he gets out. You guys should be dealing with, you know, Catholic priests or whatever. And there's a portion that gets sick and tired of every time someone does something bad, black men are blamed. R. Kelly's a bad person. It has nothing to do with toxic masculinity. It just has nothing to do with R. Kelly's sick. Not, not a good person. You know, Donald Trump's not a good person. Sometimes people just aren't good people. You know, Tristan Thompson cheating with 27 women, that's not toxic masculinity. It's just like to cheat. Sometimes you guys just make up words and think you can just pin it on everything. Jesse Smollett, remember, it was was straight black men's fault for not supporting him. For not supporting the gay side of his story. The man came out and said he was the gay Tupac. I mean, come on. You understand. I know you understand what I'm saying. And so the truth is, it has nothing to do with R. Kelly or Donald Trump. It has to do with people who fame, attention, power, whatever you want to call it, will supersede almost everything, white, black, or otherwise. it's not toxic masculinity. Masculinity is not transphobic. It's not that you're white. You know, it's just people are bad people. And people seem to be drawn to that. And I think if you are someone that wants to support R. Kelly, it's in your best interest to do it in silence. Because you see what happened to the young lady. Oh, she's not young. She's an old lady. That's probably why he didn't really like her. She's more of a groupie. So that's the truth about this. People are like, I can't believe this, ah, oh, this is a black woman, did this, oh, the, the, the toxic masculinity. People are just either they're just bad people or and they follow bad people. You literally had Republicans today when Michael Cohen was doing his testimony. Now I want you to think about this for a second. Here's how stupid these people are. Michael Cohen was Trump lawyer for 10 years. 10 years was oversight of the GOP finance committee, all of this stuff. Then the guys from the GOP get up to, get up to, 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 to question them. Look at them in the eye and say, you know something? You're a liar, right? You're a pathological liar. Michael Porn looks back at them and says, my job was to lie for you guys for 10 years. So if you're calling me a liar. What I'm telling you now, it only makes my stuff sound more credible. I'm telling you everything that I lied about. <laughs> See, either way, it's messed up because you're like, well, he's telling the truth now. He was a, he was a liar before. No, he was, you know, everything was the truth before. He's lying now. All the lies that he did for Trump, all of a sudden, those are real, you know, those are not, not true. Even though he's a liar. Like, these people are idiots, but they run the country. I got go. To, I'm gonna go to Hawaii. I'm taking me and my fi- fiance to Hawaii. The Southwest is, uh, is flying there. I got, I got, I got a, a companion pass. Uh, I need to get out. I, I know it's not out of the country, <laughs> but I, I need to go to an island because this stuff is making my head hurt. It really is making my head hurt. So that, that's it. That's it for me. I'm getting, I'm getting too worked up, and I haven't even, I haven't even went to the gym yet. I got to do some cardio now. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at BSO. Facebook, Black Sports Online. Uh, the YouTube channel and Instagram is BSO uh, TV. And, of course, you've been listening to the Ugly Truth Podcast.